Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Out of the gates and ready to go. Outkick 360 is underway. Monday edition is here. Fresh, brand new week and a lot to react to from the weekend. Glad you're with us across the Outkick network from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Jam-packed show. Dan Dockage from Don't At Me with Dan Dockage across the Outkick network. He joins us in 20 minutes. Plenty of college basketball discussion, rumors, seeding, players of the year or not discussion ahead in 20 minutes from pro football focus recapping the nfl combine we'll be joined by mike winner uh, he is the lead draft analyst for pro football focus mike joins us in hour number two plus josh pate of 24 7 sports and late kick and aj perez of front office sports in hour number three chad good afternoon good afternoon hutton fired up ready to go yep. nice weekend of uh, coaching softballs got the nice. mind right uh, yeah. the spirit is ready and willing and i'm ready to bang some hats he's today. still in competitive mode uh, hey we've got uh, Derek carr to the saints i never well, leave that mode i know uh, it's always that's fair it's that's always fair. just lurking right underneath the surface there is no ceiling it's always there that competitive mode Derek carr to the saints we'll give thoughts on in a moment plus uh, the top combine storylines including, well, as predicted, Anthony Richardson. But, Chad, we start with a hiatus, a hiatus announcement from John Morant. Look, it's really simple. John Morant's an idiot, okay? The, the evidence is in. Uh, you can stop blaming his entourage. You can stop blaming his dad. The dude is making ridiculously bad decisions, and it's a terrible look for him. It's a terrible look for the Grizzlies. It's a terrible look for the NBA. And you want to know it's even a worse look for the NBA? The fact that he is on camera willingly flashing a weapon and he's got girls all around him and they come back the next day and they allow John Morant to say, guys, I'm going to step away for a couple games now to get my mind right and to get everything right. No, 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 no. You are suspended. You are suspended. You don't get to make that call anymore. You have been investigated for pointing a gun with a laser at an entire NBA team. Your dad is getting into fights with celebrities at games. You are accused of punching a teenager in your home in a pickup basketball game. We're past the point of giving John Morant the benefit of the doubt and allowing him to decide what he's going to do in terms of stepping away from the team. Let's call this what it is. You're suspended. You're not allowed to come out and say, I'm going to step away for a couple games, get everything right. No. You are suspended. Either the Grizzlies or the league needs to say it. And the fact they won't shows the utter softness of the entire NBA. This is a player's league. The players are running it into the ground with load management, with stupid stuff like this. And by allowing the player to come out and release a statement and say, I'm stepping away for a little bit. Nope. You don't get to make that call. You are suspended until we tell you you can come back. And now the league wants to come out and say, or the Grizzlies, it's indefinite. The right. coach is saying it's an indefinite suspension. Yeah, Taylor Jenkins, who's the head coach. And again, the players have the power. The players are coaching these teams. Uh, they're the general managers of these teams. If they want to be traded, they're traded. If they want a super team, 
the super team is created. But Taylor Jenkins in the quote, Chad, we have said that's going to be at least two games. I mean, this is going to be an ongoing healing process. It's really not a timetable situation. And then he goes on to say, we're going to take this very seriously. There's a supportive element for someone that's got to get better and needs some help. But then there's also accountability to the team that we've got to stand for. I mean, it's more of like, a, is he the victim here? Or is he the problem? Well, he's turned himself into the victim. There's going to be a lot of you know mental health talk and... You know, he's not handling stress well, like you put out in that statement and all of this. That Look, that's all fine and dandy. If you need to go to rehab or you need to go seek psychiatric help, go do it. But when you run afoul of the law, which, by the way, Colorado authorities are now investigating because he ran afoul of the law with the gun in this photo, possibly. Right. If you're doing that, you're suspended. During that suspension, the team can tell you and urge you to go get help, or you can take it upon yourself to go get help. The but Instagram is, Live, there was definitely a gun brandished at the nightclub. Absolutely. and this is, But this is turned into now a, well, John Moran has decided, I'm going to step away for a bit, guys, and, and go get help. No, you're suspended, and if you want to go get help in this time, go do it. We well, will support you. Let's pick up here, though. It, if that's the case that you're supporting him and his healing or getting help for him. I hope they actually follow through with this because this is not the first, second, third incident within the last 12 months, including John Morant's name. I hope that they're taking this seriously now because in the past, last month, oh, it's just, well, we investigated it and there's no proof that there was a, a, a gun on the end of the laser that was pointed at the Indiana Pacers. Okay. And we just end it there after the NBA has already conducted the investigation. That's apparently what they're doing again here. But this should be a league decision, not just a team decision. A mandated league decision to make sure that you're helping John Morant, one of your biggest stars, get out of the downward spiral that we're all witnessing. We're witnessing this in real time. It's, it's not a, you know, a champion storyline. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare, and it's a nightmare that's in part created by the National Basketball Association because they have not taken these well, not, allegations not created, seriously. created, but continued. It's created in that they are enabling John Morant. When they say they have findings of nothing going wrong, when guys are getting laser pointers pointed at right. him by his, his entourage, when you've got you know the thing going on this offseason with the kid getting punched in his house, now the report out about... Him showing up because his mom called him from an, uh, a, a, a footlocker, basically, yeah. at a local mall, and him bringing nine of his buddies there, and then harassing the mall a, a, a the, mall cop. Yeah. I mean, once you get this information, you suspend the guy. You discipline him in some way. If you're, It's the Grizzlies' fault. It's John Morant's fault, first and foremost. But for enabling him, it's the Memphis Grizzlies. It's the entire city of Memphis that continues to defend this guy and enable all of his actions and every decision he makes, whether how stupid it is, does not matter. And it's the National Basketball Association. This now falls on them. And when he is on Instagram Live brandishing a weapon in a nightclub... Which he carries with and him. And he comes out the next day and says, I no excuses, You know, I take full blame, I'm going to step away. No. This is where a strong league steps up and says, you're not stepping away, buddy. You're suspended right? until we tell you you can come back. And if you need to seek treatment, do so. You will have our support. And when you've got that treatment, we will allow you to come back. But make no mistake about it. You are suspended. Instead, they continue to enable John Morant 
by allowing him to do and say what he wants with no real repercussions. And that's a problem. And it'll continue to be a problem for this league. Yep. And uh, is he the only player that's doing this? Well, he's doing it on Instagram Live. Uh, do I think there are other players that are carrying weapons around? Sure. I'm sure there are. You know, uh, they're not going on Instagram Live to boast about it, to show it off, to threaten someone with it, which is a, the, the accusation from the teenager with the 19-year-old yep. um, that happened at his house. Again, craziness. And it are all separate incidents that follow a pattern. And it's, I hope that it, by stepping in, no matter what they did to allow Morant to act like he's taking personal time, by stepping in, I hope this actually has a, 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 an outcome that's better than where I suspect this is going. We were all witnessing the train wreck. And I hope it's early on down the tracks and not far down the tracks at this point. And look, I'm all for second chances, third chances, fourth chances sure. even. If someone gets it right and they start making better decisions and they continue to be the star that they are. John Morant was a great story for the NBA. Great story for the city of Memphis. And still can be. Still can be, and the comeback story can be even better. I'm, I'm rooting for that. I hope that happens. But I just want everyone that's following this to understand, when you defend everything, every bad decision that someone makes, you in part enable that person, and this is now the finished product of what we have, is what happened over the weekend with John Morant, and then him being allowed to say, I'm stepping away, and not that he's suspended. It's a bad look for the league. It will be a good look for John Morant in the league if he figures things out and comes back stronger and better because he is a terrific player. And he does have a chance to be a superstar in this league, but what he is right now is a problem child for the NBA, and that's not good for anyone. Chad, there's reports out that the Chicago Bears, they're happy with Justin Fields, enough to where they're going to trade back out of the first overall pick. And the rumors are swirling out of Indianapolis as happens every year when you have the general managers and the agents and the coaches and everyone around with the media um, on or off the record. And the apparent asking price for either Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, or Anthony Richardson is your first two picks this year, a first and a second round pick this year, plus a first round pick in 2024 and a first round pick in 25. Personally, three first-round picks and a second-rounder this year, that does not add up to the return on investment for any of these players to get ahead of the Houston Texans. I would not pay that price. Now, does it have to be that price? No. Will they, could there be someone that's going to jump up in front of Indianapolis at number three with Arizona? Instead of trying to get Bryce Young... They go with whoever is remaining after Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. At least, in theory, that's who the first two would be, and you go after Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. The price tag should be less than what I just read off. But I don't think any of these guys, as I, as I view them through the lens of what I've seen in college, not from the combine, I don't see this year's first round and second round pick and then two future first round picks in exchange for that player in what would be, what, Carolina? Carolina may be able to stay where they are and get Will Levis. Uh, potentially Tennessee. The Giants are working things out with Daniel Jones. There are other QB needy, needy teams in the top 10. I would not pay the price to get ahead of the Houston Texans. I, I wouldn't either. Um, it is interesting, though. If the price was lessened and you could get the other guy, 
Like someone trades up and, and gets pays the huge ransom to get the Bears pick and draft Bryce Young, let's say. Yeah, then Houston selects the next guy. Then Houston's probably going to get the next guy no matter what. Right. But let's say Houston did something crazy and traded out to get more picks because they need more and they're not gung-ho over either of the two. You know, is a is a less of a price worthy of a you know a, a CJ Stroud, let's say? Maybe. With that price that you mentioned, Hutton, I, I think of Trevor Lawrence. I think of Andrew Luck when yeah. he came out. I think of these guys that, not that there's any no-doubt surefire thing in the NFL, but ones where it's more unanimous. Mm-hmm. There's not a question about the weight of a player or the height or what he did in big games you know, with C.J. Stroud against Michigan. There's just no real huge glaring question marks or weaknesses about that quarterback. That's the guy you pay that price well, for. I don't see that with either one of these guys. I think Bryce Young's going to be a good pro. I'm not as sold on C.J. Stroud right now. But I'm with you in that that's a, that's a hefty price for those guys. But also, like, so those would say, oh, you, if you don't have a quarterback, you're not doing anything with those first-round picks anyway. So you got to go trade and get those guys. That may be fair, but the difference in how I look through it, you also have to put talent around your young quarterback. And if you're giving up your next two drafts in the first round, plus this year's second-round pick, and you're just swapping picks with Chicago... I don't know how you're going to do that in today's NFL where everyone seems to be cap-strung right now, where they're searching to find ways to cut players to save money. And eventually, by the time you actually have first-round picks back, you're about to pay your quarterback after year three in order to give him the extension so the money's going to him. I, I would not pay the price that's been reported or leaked that Chicago and, and polls they're, that they're asking for right now. And it may be less than that come draft time. It may be, you know, you, maybe you don't have as many bidders after tra- after uh, free agency begins on the 15th. But, Chad, if I'm, uh, let's say, Baltimore, you have capital in the player of Lamar Jackson, not necessarily the pick. So I wonder how eager Chicago would be for players included in the offer. Now you've got my attention for number one overall, but not my two future first-round picks that I'm going to use to enhance the quarterback I'm drafting. Well, let's, let's throw an example out there. The Titans. Right. You've got reports of Jeffrey Simmons taking all of his Titan stuff off his social media, Derrick Henry being shopped. Mm-hmm. I, I think now we're, now we're talking ball, right? If you're talking now about you're guys you're going to lose soon anyways, more than likely. And Teron Davenport And you could trade ESPN. them away and not those picks. That makes more sense. Uh, Teron Davenport from ESPN.com says that the Titans like C.J. Stroud. So... With that in mind, what does it take to get ahead of Houston? Um, and if not Houston, then you make the deal on draft night to trade with Arizona to get ahead of Indy, right? You wait to see what Houston does, and then you decide if you want to trade up. See, when you take away the haul of picks and you know reduce it by one first-round pick, and you can add a Jeffrey Simmons or Derrick Henry for the Titans or another team with a good player, yeah. I like that scenario a lot more. Same. Uh, and... Chad, you mentioned it. Henry's being mentioned uh, in reports that the Titans over this past week and weekend were talking with teams and GMs. uh, And specifically from this report, uh, it was the general manager, Mike Silver, said a GM told him that the Titans were shopping Derrick Henry. He has one year left, really one year left on a restructured deal. No guarantees up front. And it would cost them around $10 million against the cap to move uh, the former uh, NFL rushing leader and a player that's coming off of a 17-yard rushing season. But this would be a move that, while I think many would think it's a red flag, or a white flag, I should say, of surrender, 
rebuild year. It may also be a scenario where they say, hey, we know what we can do without Derrick Henry. We did it in 2021 to finish the season running the football. We have to, he's not going to do anything with the offensive line we currently have. So should we trade him away to gain something in return now a year early instead of a year late? That, that could be their line of thinking. The other player that they have to get under contract is Jeffrey Simmons. He hasn't been floated as a trade rumor. He's been in the news because the Titans are trying to work out a long-term deal with potentially once Aaron Donald is no longer in the league, he's the franchise guy on the interior defensive line. He's at least number two right now. Uh, Chris Jones as well is in that mix, but Simmons is, is in that conversation. And then we hear from Los Angeles with the Rams where Jalen Ramsey and Allen Robinson could be traded this offseason. And we still have DeAndre Hopkins, who is reportedly going to be traded by the Arizona Cardinals. There's going to be a lot of movement between now and the draft. And I think from the Titans' perspective, if you think C.J. Stroud is your franchise quarterback, you absolutely move Derrick Henry as part yep. of that. Yep, based on where it's they are. It's absolutely worth it. Now the question and is... And that's no knock on Derrick Henry. That's just where they are if you think you're getting out ahead yeah. of what is inevitable, then you make that move. But you've got to go to number one. Yeah. And, but that's good. That's good for the Titans. Again, if you're in love with the quarterback if, that much, do it. And if you're trading Derrick Henry, there's only how many teams, what, five, six teams that you can say are run-based, that want to run the football first. Chicago's one of them. Yeah. So that could be very intriguing overall for a, a back who you know, is going to command $10 million plus on the open market. And maybe a little bit more than that. He got paid, what, 14 last year because he was due 12. They gave him a $2 million bonus. And two, three years left of premier, like, reach your, your total talents type years. Yeah. But he has been banged up. That's the, that's the it's, other thing. It's worth it. Derek Carr is headed to New Orleans. He tweets out, who dat, today. Now, it's not official because the Saints are going to have to make some room on the cap in order to acquire the contract that they're going to sign Derek Carr to. Everyone's reporting it, including Derek Carr himself, who tweeted out that he's going to New Orleans. All the players are pumped. Mike Garofalo says uh, they're closing in on a deal. After nine seasons with the Raiders, the four-time Pro Bowl selection headed to New Orleans. The first quarterback domino about to fall, and one NFC South team as its starter. I don't know if there's another NFC South team that has their starter right now. Kyle Trask in Tampa. They're trying to say that, but they don't. Desmond Ritter in, in Atlanta. No, not seeing it. Not going to happen. Right now, Matt Corral Matt and Corral. Jacob Eason are the two quarterbacks in Carolina. <laughs> Carolina. It's, it, it's a no-brainer to me for New Orleans. This, from the beginning, I just thought that's, that's a nice spot for Derek Carr. I'm not doing backflips over this. If I'm the Saints, it's just a move that makes sense. Part of the freeing up of, uh, of salary cap room will be Jameis Winston getting cut. Yep. So that's one thing that's going to happen. Yep. But look, this makes New Orleans better. They got a decent roster, good defense around them. Uh, you're in a division right now where everything's up in the air from a quarterback standpoint. It's the right move for Derek Carr. It's the right move for the Saints. It's, it's rare that something comes together that lacks any questioning of it with me. There's zero questions I have about this. This was the right move for the Saints. It's the right move for Derek Carr to choose the Saints in this situation. And Chris Olave is about to be an All-Pro yeah. because of this move. Dan Dockich, an All-Pro for the Outkick Network. He joins us when we return. So much to discuss. Chris Beard is back in the headlines and with the SEC headlines.
as the SEC tournament uh, heads to Nashville this week. Coach of the year, or is it co-coach of the year? And who's the player of the year, both in the SEC and then nationally? The finalists and the winners, totally different. That's next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Dan Dockich, don't at him. Don't at me with Dan Dockich. Mornings, 9 a.m. Eastern. He's ready to go. Dan, Fired up. hope you're well. Oh, man, I'm doing great. 73 degrees out here. I got a big workout in and then sat in the sun in my thong. It was glorious. <laughs> 79 Neighbors here. complained. Dogs barked, but that's all right. Well, it should be in Nashville. I mean, it's always beautiful. In Nash Vegas, we're we were talking. I think we've had two snow days here that were, uh, you know, any any good or any bad. I guess it's amazing the weather here. Global warming, baby. El Gore, you're making money. Let's do it, Dan. There are 15 finalists for the Wooden Award. Brandon Miller is not one of the 15. However, he is the SEC Player and Freshman of the Year. How do these these awards not link up? If you're keeping him off one list, but the SEC says, yeah, he's playing, he's eligible. Bama's decided the way they're going with this, they're moving forward. They have since January 15th, since the, the, the murder happened. Like, how do you make sense of the two? I don't. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I really don't. I, I think that the Wooden Award, I've always had a complaint uh, when I used to, well, I, I, I used to vote on it, and I would always send my thing in going, why are, why are you asking me to do this in mid-January? The most important games are coming up. Now, they moved it back, uh, which is great. I have no idea. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I don't know how or why uh, Brandon Miller, since he's allowed to play, we have not heard from Greg uh, Sankey. Everybody this a couple summers ago when we were having riots all across the country, we're saying silence is complicit, right? Well, apparently, uh, Greg Sankey is complicit with whatever Alabama wanted to do. So guess what? Uh, the kid, according to not only Alabama, not only the coach, the Board of Regents, the lawyers, and everybody, uh, and Greg Sankey is okay to play. Uh, but apparently, the Wooden Award, maybe their standards are a little higher. I don't know, but it's ridiculous. These awards are ridiculous. Wait till after the season, then put everything together. Uh, and the fact that uh, Brandon Miller is not on is completely hypocritical, in my opinion. You know, and look, I, I, talking about postseason awards, the, the SEC had their awards today. What surprised me was you had co coaches of the year, and one of them was not Dennis Gates at Missouri. The guy yeah. inherited a team that had done nothing for three or four years under Conzo Martin. In year one, they're safely in the tournament. They've got a double bye at the SEC tournament. This is no knock at Jerry Stackhouse, who's been terrific down the stretch at Vanderbilt, but Jerry Stackhouse over Dennis Gates did surprise me, Dan. Buzz Williams winning a part of that award didn't surprise me at all. 
Well, yeah, Buzz is, is uh, how do I put this right, a uh, favorite because he gave a speech one time. So if you go on YouTube, everybody lost their mind over it. So Buzz is always going to get the tie. is going to go to Buzz. He's terrific with the media. Gates has done a great job. Stackhouse has done a good job. Uh, but you know what? These awards are weird. They've always been weird. Uh, I'm guessing they were probably voted on a couple of weeks ago, which, again, is idiotic. Maybe they weren't. Look, you got you to gotta hand it to Dennis Gates. Dennis Gates is an assistant. All of a sudden goes to Cleveland State, turns that thing around, and is smart enough to get the Sam Heck out of you know the Horizon League or the Mac. I am the poster child for not getting out when you had the chance. In fact, people have me on their walls saying, don't do what Dan did, get out and stay out. I went to West Virginia and came back really dumb. But anyway, <laughs> he has gone to Missouri. He is doing his thing. I think he should have been among the Coach of the Year candidates. I'll be honest with you. You can make the argument, what did Nate, Nate Oates do? Lose two games? You can make the argument that he could have been uh, the Coach of the Year, which would have been fun. But now, I get it. I think, I think he has done, uh, Dennis Gates has done a great job. I do like the job, and I do like the shoes, and I do like the way he dresses, and I do like the way he stands on the court. Uh, uh, Jerry Stackhouse has done great. It's fun to watch. But, yeah, you're right. Gates certainly deserves at least, you know, if we're going to make it two, might as well make it three. Give it to Gates as well. Dude, I know you spent a good hey, bit that of time. Way, see, see that, way, that way everybody gets their bonus. Just get everybody a bonus. Get everybody a bonus. What are you guys doing? Get Gates in there. You probably get about hundred grand for being coach of the year. Uh, get him a bonus. This just in, we had a 14-way tie for SEC coach of the year this year. <laughs> that way every coach gets yeah. a bonus from the school. Uh, that would be something. Yeah. I know you talked about it extensively on, on Don't At Me today, Dan, but the whole John Morant situation, I opened the show talking about this. He's to blame, but I also think that the NBA, the Memphis Grizzlies, they've been complicit in this, the way they've soft-pedaled this guy. And the latest example is that he gets to come out and announce that he's going to step away. I'm thinking, no, you're suspended. At some point, the league needs to step in and say, you can step away and get help while you're suspended it really bothers me that they continue to soft-pedal everything this guy does. What do you make of this? Well, it's not only him, it's everybody. I mean, I've had people tell me that the most ridiculous things, NBA players, a couple have told me the most idiotic, ridiculous, you could not believe your ears how stupid the NBA is, was that players-only meeting in the bubble. I had guys sitting in the back going, my God, these guys are idiots. Uh, but they're allowed to be idiots because the commissioner, Adam Silver, is the softest, wokest, most ridiculous, in-pocket, horrendous, I don't have any other words, well, I do, I got a lot, but I can't say them on here, commissioner in the history of sport. Think about under his watch. Let's just take John Morant. People can say whatever they want, all right? And, I, and the NF, NBA said we investigated it, but we found nothing, and they're full of crap. The security guard for the Indiana Pacers, former cop, said unequivocally, that was a gun that was pointed on us after a hassle with this idiot, his brother, and all the other idiots that hang out with John Morant. Yeah, it was absolutely a gun. Well, the NBA, NFL, well, we, NBA, well, we don't know. Of course you know. You're just doing what NBA... The worst thing for the NBA to have in the NBA world is for anybody to put Adam Silver on a diversity, a diversity report and saying there's some kind of uh, racist behavior going on. It's the one thing... 
that they worry about. So they, meaning Adam Silver, soft pedals any discipline with players. And to your point, he doesn't even want to offend these entitled pain-in-the-backside billionaires, millionaires, whatever they are, by saying they're suspended. He, I agree with you, two people, in my opinion, have failed John Morant. One is John Morant's dad. I'm a dad. As a dad, as your kids get older, you are supposed to be part of the solution, not the problem. I'll give you a story. I turned 50, and I lost my mind. I'm not going to lie. I was free of a wife in a relationship that wasn't going great. I had a job. Women all over the place were coming at me. I was having a blast, and my dad, who was about 75 at the time or 80, whatever he was, sat me down and said, yo, get back to who you are. He and my mother, and I'm 50 years old. And so, truthfully, a dad needs to do that. John Morant's dad acts like he's a, com- a combination of, of, I don't know, Usher and Drake. He wears his little shades, got his little skull cap, gets in hassles on the sideline. No, you're not a hanger-on. You're a freaking dad. And by all accounts, before he got to the NBA, he was a great dad. You've seen the pictures. Kid went to public school. Our private school, kids from the suburbs, he's not some hard gangbanger. Most guys that are gangbangers, and I know a bunch, are trying not to be gangbangers. They would do anything possible not to be involved in, quote, that life. Yet this idiot and his uh, pain-in-the-backside father and Adam Silver are all in the same boat. They're not doing the kid any favor, favor, fellas, and you're seeing the result. And Dan, I I think in this case, even the players would be on the side of the NBA or the team stepping in because everyone everyone can see the downward spiral. Everyone. No, 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 no. Players are so into their own thing. And players on NBA teams, this has been told to me, are afraid of the star. You got to kiss the backside of the star. Uh, uh, Brad Stevens told me there's only like 15 stars. Well, he's a major star. You go against John Morant in that organization, you may find yourself in Sacramento, which isn't bad right now, or you might find yourself, uh, I don't know where, but it ain't going to be good. So no, players don't do that. That, That's a, right, that's that's the old school way of thinking. And that's where Popovich has always been successful because they drafted guys that would hold people to that level. But you tell me Dylan Brooks is going to do that or any of those clowns <coughs> running around Memphis, no chance. You cannot go uh, against a superstar in the NBA. It's a great thought, but it ain't what happens in the modern NBA unless, unless you are in Miami or in San Antonio. So are you thinking he comes back after a couple of games and it's just exactly the way it was? No, I think he's going to be out for a while. I mean, I, I used to say on my show, and then apparently it's become offensive to people, gun to head, I think he is out for a while. Taking a gun uh, in a facility is against the CBA, so the players can't uh, have a hassle about it. We've seen just now uh, uh, Colorado came out, mm-hmm. the DA there, and said, we're going to investigate this. I think when we see things like this, again, uh, depending on how much the NBA wants to cover up or doesn't, but whenever we've seen th- seems like this, there becomes the list. Well, he did this back then. What did you really investigate? I think this is going to be a situation that lasts, I'm not sure how long. Uh, if somebody gave me an over-under, I might say make the over-under the end of March, you know, or the 25th of March. But I think this goes on a little bit, fellas, I do. Dan, when I saw the Mark Adams news at, at Texas Tech, and now I think he threw Jeff Goodman is disputing some of the facts that are out there from his university – 
And the universe, some people are even saying he didn't really apologize to the team after saying that he did. But when I saw the story, I thought, right or wrong, this guy's going to end up fired uh, after this season yeah, because done. of all this. Do you agree? Yeah, he's done. Yeah, I mean, this happened uh, to a much lesser degree uh, to Pat Chambers at Penn State. He used a, bi- a biblical analogy of a noose to an African-American player. That player uh, got angry. Next thing you know, uh, Pat Chambers was gone. It didn't matter any of the good and, and that the other players came out and said, like Lamar Stevens and these players were talking about what a great guy. Once you get, again, like I said, the last thing anybody, particularly uh, universities run by white people, want is a problem with race. I believe Mark Adams is done. I don't care. Mark Adams should defend himself. Good for him. But I think Mark Adams will be done. I've already seen where now there's more stuff, right, coming out. Well, he did this. He That's the coach's list, man. I'm telling you. Uh, I, got, I had the announcers list this summer with my boy Greg Doyle. Well, back in 07, he did this. In 09, you know, the coaches list when they want you fired, they get that list out. Well, he yelled at a staff member in 2020. Well, in two, and that's what I saw on Mark Adams. I would argue Mark Adams is done. Mark Adams will, I bet you, uh, file a suit, try to get his money, say he wasn't fired for cause. But I got to believe Mark Adams is done. And if he's done, Dan, if you are Texas Tech, do you give any consideration at all to bring back Chris Beard to Texas Tech? Man, that's a man, that's a great question. I saw where Beard's talking to Mississippi State. I gotta ask. Hey, Miss, there's two actually, questions yeah. that I. Oh, Miss, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mississippi State's on my mind because I don't know if you know this. But the head coach at Mississippi State, Chris Jans, going backwards, was the head coach at Bowling Green. Did a really good job for a year. Then he started as a married man getting handsy with girls in bars. Bowling Green fired him. So he does penance. Where? New Mexico State gets him in the tournament. Well, his uh, longtime friend and longtime assistant, Greg Heyer, became the head coach at New Mexico State this year. And guess what happened to New Mexico State? Well, that's Chris, uh, excuse me, that's Chris Jans's, that's his family tree. That's his culture. All right. What does that have to do with Chris Beard? Well, let's look at it. Chris Beard's in the situation that he is. His number one guy was Mark Adams. Now you got to get rid of Mark Adams, too. I would be very careful if I was uh, Texas Tech. I just texted Chris Beard uh, about uh, two nights ago, said, Hey, I haven't talked to you. I hope you're doing okay, thinking about you, that kind of thing. Haven't heard back. I'm a Chris Beard fan, but I got to be very careful. But here, is, here it is, fellas. The great Royce Waltman was my assistant coach at Indiana. He was a head coach at Indiana State. He had the greatest line about college basketball coaching ever. You can get fired for literally anything in college basketball as long as it's not for losing and you will get another job. Hell, Dave Bliss was coaching for crying out loud. Nate Oates got three guys involved. If you win... You get fired for anything. Does not matter. You'll get another job. Somebody except losing. Chris Beard won. He'll get another job. Probably have his pick, whether it's Mississippi or Texas Tech or who the heck knows where else. Dan, are the Indianapolis Colts movers for the NFL draft? Are they going to move up from where they are? Well, 
I'd say they, Chris Ballard is one of the great uh, PR guys in the world. I've talked about it on our show. He is a survivor. Let's think about it. Reich is gone. Saturday's gone. The offensive coordinator's gone. I mean, everybody's gone but him. So he is not going to draft Anthony Richardson. because If, if, if the Colts draft Anthony Richardson, that is a Jimmy Ursay draft. Chris Ballard cannot afford to have another crap year developing a quarterback. He's only a survivor to a point, and he is one of the great survivors. He knows he's next. My answer is this. Uh, He is right. Uh, My answer to your question is this. Chris Ballard has never shown the cojones to be a mover in everything. He hides behind Twitter. Well, you guys will be on me uh, on Twitter. Or if I draft the wrong quarterback, you all will run me out of town, which is the most ridiculous thing ever because it's the softest media literally in the world. But Ballard is chicken blank. So, no, I don't think he will have the stones to make a move. I think if somebody falls to him at four, that's PR friendly. He'll take it. But I don't think that he, I'm not saying Ursay won't override him because Ursay's daughter is involved in everything. She had headphones on the sideline. She was involved in all the uh, head coaches' meetings. She's involved in everything. She's the de facto general manager. If they draft Anthony Richardson, it is Ursay's daughter and Ursay doing it, not freaking Ballard because he can't have another bad year developing somebody. Well, and I wonder from his sake if he's, if he's worried about someone trading with Chicago, which is going to happen. Houston is at two. Someone trades with Arizona to move up and get their guy at three. And then there's Indy with one quarterback left. And presumably that's going to be Richardson or Levis. Yeah, Levis, uh, man, uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't have that. I, and Richardson is great. I mean, look, if Richardson turns out but he's a 53% passer in college, doesn't everybody say that it's easy to be accurate in college? And how many? I had the list here. I had a full list of quarterbacks, E.J. Manuels, uh, uh, Christian Ponder, Jake Locker, Baker Mayfield, Trubisky, Darnold. The, uh, the Woods is full of guys that became workout warriors uh, during the combine, all of whom have failed. Now, maybe you guys know a guy that moved up to that level that succeeded. I don't know one. All these guys have failed miserably. People made excuses, if you remember, even for Jameis Winston when he became number one. Yeah, but that, he won a champion. No, that, that grab him by the, that standing. People make excuses. When you got to make excuses for quarterbacks, probably the wrong quarterback. So I don't know. Uh, if I'm the coach, if you settle for Levis or you settle uh, for Richardson, I guess we'll sell it here in the city. But I can't imagine that's a great thing. Dan Dockich has been our guest, the only quarterback I, re- I remember of changing the, the narrative of inaccurate versus accurate in the pros, Josh Allen. Yep. We talked but about that, on their show today this morning. He's the Dan. one guy. Yep. That's it. That's it. And then you named a list of guys from that draft, Dan, with but, Locker. And but everybody. hang on one second. Hang on a second. But, but Allen was known as a prospect. He didn't go to the combine and all of a sudden, you know, here he goes. Right. Allen, even at Wyoming – you know, he was considered, you know, uh, above where Richardson, above where uh, yeah. others were. So, you know, um, you're talking about guys, a guy in Richardson, that based on film, I had one a, a GM, assistant GM in the NFL said, if you base it on film on Richardson, quarterback film, he's a fourth round, third round pick. But if you base it, now you add the athletic ability in it, 
and the fact that he apparently interviewed really, really well, next thing you know, he may go first in the draft. And hello, Rip Mitchell Trubisky, part deux. Final 60 seconds, Dan. Do the conference tournaments matter to the committee other than just the automatic bids? They should matter to the committee because you're playing neutral site games. And if it is the entire body of work, then my answer is yes, they should. If I were sitting in that room and I am going to be a believer and say, yes, uh, it is the entire body of work, then the conference tournaments should actually mean a lot. That's how I would look at it were I uh, Michigan or Wisconsin, you know, Penn State, someone like that. And that's how I think most, uh, most coaches look at it. Uh, you know, maybe Purdue doesn't need it, maybe for a one seed. But if you're gonna if you're gonna sell me to goods, you're gonna sell me to goods on it's an entire body of work. These games should be really important. End of the season, neutral site uh, should be really important. We'll compare it to last year, Chad. Last year's conference results versus this year, and see where the committee does in 2023. Different every year. Dan's yep. the same every time he joins yeah. us, though. Dan, thank yeah. you so very much. Very consistent, very accurate. Dan, you're the man. Thanks, guys. Dan Dockich, host of Don't At Me Mornings, 9 a.m. Eastern, right here across the Outkick Network. When we come back, a survival story from Turkey that you have to hear or see to believe. This is Outkick 360. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oh, Kick360 rolls on. Glad you're with us. Chad, the, the terrible earthquake that ripped through Turkey 21 days after... They're going through, they're trying to clean up, and they found this horse alive underneath the rubble after 21 days underneath the, the buildings and just, just, you know, all the just disaster efforts. They're trying to find people, and they end up finding a horse that was alive 21 days later. It's crazy. This is a remarkable story. Was the horse, I'm guessing, kind of protected by a structure over it? That it had to be, the right? Time? And yeah. then, then they had recent rainfall. So the thought was, like, maybe the, the animal is able to drink water somehow during this time. But it, it reminded me, back in 2013, of the guy who was on that, the oil tanker, I believe. Um, and I think there were 12 people on the ship. It capsizes. And it goes, it sinks to the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. And he is at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean, alive in this air pocket in a ship. And divers are trying to come down and you know find the wreck and assist with whatever they can bring back to the surface. And he like, reaches out and grabs one of the divers, and they found out that he was still alive. For that how long? Crazy. How many days? Two and a half days. Two and a half days at the bottom of the ocean. This is nightmare fuel on both sides. For the diver yeah. who's going down, and an arm reaches out and grabs him that he thinks, I'm sure, is dead. Two and a half days but, later, but and think then about like, for this guy for two and a half days, I mean, I cannot. It just gives me the willies thinking about being in that situation for that long, and just knowing the inevitable. Yeah, the inevitable for him was he gets rescued and he lives, which is insane. 
But to me, the inevitable is I'm going to suffocate gonna or drown or well, it's going to go down. I'm going to drown. Or I you're going to be eaten. Yeah, or because a shark's going to come and get he, me. The quote was, at one point, he heard a sound that terrified him. He said it was the, quote, bite of fish eating something in the vessel. He could hear that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that is nuts. Again, this was a decade ago. But when I saw the story out of Turkey, I'm like, this reminds me of Harrison Okine, or Okine, who survived, again, craziness. There was that movie with Ryan Reynolds. I think, I think the name of it was Buried, maybe, where the whole movie is him buried alive. And it's him, like, you know, getting his cell phone out while he still had battery and doing all these different things. And it's a very claustrophobic movie. Um, this would be the sequel if someone had a movie about this gentleman. Well, and then you, in, in this in this situation, then you think you're hallucinating because he's in the pitch black. You know, the photo that we have of him is the the diver using the light that he has to search. Uh, he's in the pitch black, and he finally saw this light coming towards him up through the water. And he that's when he realized, like, oh, that's that's someone else. He thought it was another survivor of the wreck because he didn't know at the time how you know the fact that he was. At the bottom of the ocean. He thought the entire crew had survived and they were waiting on rescue. Fun story. Good, good story. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't want to relive that. Let's uh let's let's move along because I don't want to sit and think about that. Again, both sides, diver or the man who was stuck there for two and a half days. I'm also thrilled about the horse. I don't have a problem with horses. Dogs, birds. You're allergic sure. to them. I am. Yeah, well, I'm allergic to every animal with fur. So that's no difference. Same, but I actually for the most part. I think the horse is a very regal, beautiful creature. The NFL has done the right thing. They have reinstated a wide receiver to the league. Calvin Ridley is now free to join the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, well, we haven't done the right thing as a country by letting Djokovic play. Well, details next on the vaccine status and why he had to pull out of a tournament this week. The draw is today. Headlines coming up.